Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hi, I'm Zach Lennon-Simon. You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Good day. Good day, sir. Hi. Oh, I, 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 I got to put my voice in the back of my throat. It's not working. I don't sound Aussie. What was that? Trying to do an Australian accent here. Oh, I was going to say, like, you, you just, like, like shifted into, like, how many different gears that kind Oh, of totally. No, no, no. I mean, I gotta. I feel like it's it's an energetic voice, right? It gets, it gets the energy It gets high. it going. It gets you it moving get, in the morning. It gets you hopping around like a kangaroo. A L- little bouncy, right? Like out in the outback. You see? Oh, now I'm in British. Oh, t- <laughs> there you go. Dude, one of my friends called me and said I was, um, uh, and said she thought I was a different person when I was using an accent. So, hey, let's try that. Look stuff. at that. Yeah. Welcome to Lost and Rewound, y'all. This is y'all. <laughs> y'all, y'all, welcome to welcome Lost and Rewound, y'all. Rewound. Sorry, I'm still in New Orleans mode, evidently. Well, I mean, uh, hey, like it we, was an our show, show. That, was, uh, that was a lot of fun being in New Orleans. Uh, I'm glad to be back for this particular go around. Go around. My name is Alon Danziger. And I'm Will Hasty. And we bring this to you on Radio Free Brooklyn every single Thursday afternoon from 3 to 4 p.m. on the RFB app. Please download the rfb app it's so easy and honestly like it if, is. if if you're yeah i mean as if like any other app isn't easy to download but simply put uh if you're at your computer radiofreebrooklyn.org slash iphone or slash android and uh yeah you can just download that for your mobile device or uh tablet or whatever you have these days uh i'm still in the android generation therefore i am um i guess uh generation I think Android is still Android is still I'm, considered I'm, a separate. I draw my line thing. in the sand. Drawing my line, man. We're dying. You can't. One of these operating systems is gone. The uh, you on can't the low. convince me to buy an Apple product. Oh God damn it, Elon! Come on, they're so good. So thank you for listening to us on the RFB app if you've downloaded that because God damn, it's pretty convenient. It is a very useful app. I gotta say. Yes. Um, if you want to sign up for the Radio Free Brooklyn newsletter, you should do so as well. If you want to know about any and all of the events that are coming up. In the next month or so, a newsletter will only come to your inbox once a month, and that is RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Why is it only going to come to your inbox once a month? Because <gasps> we're dedicated to a spam-free universe. Yeah. Duh. Duh. How could we not be? We can't. Sucks. How have you been? You've been good? Yeah. Honestly, I've been really, really good. You I got just, to, you, I the, just finished. I literally just finished and uh, turned in yeah. the pilot and the, re, well, the completely revamped pilot and uh, Bible. Of my sci-fi show, and oh my god, I have never been so rocked and like emotionally drained in my life. And the thing is, it's making me a little crazy. Congratulations! Thank you. It's Thank done. You. Here, here. Hey, so, hey. It's cele- done. Ce- celebratory ho- horns blaring in your honor, right here. Oh, Elon, dude, over. That's so sweet. Thank Come you. Come on, man. You know. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I really it, appreciate that. It wouldn't that. be a now, celebration without a brr, brr, brr. Hey, hey, hey. Shout out. Hey, shout out to Liz and Tim. Like, uh, Elizabeth Hunter, this amazing musician and, and my co-writer, and also Timothy Douglas, who is an amazing director and amazing ideas guy and just a great writer. It's 
it's been a wonderful, wonderful process. That's great to hear. Will, um, congratulations on that. And uh, if people want to hear about that, they can go online and find out about Polarity, the series. Oh, yeah. .com. Polarity. Well, we've got three different things and we're launching our new site. Yep. In about two weeks. Cool. We'll be on the lookout for that. I then. will be plugging the shit out of that and you will be Fine. hearing that all over these airways. Fair. Let's move on then with the show. Brooklyn-born storyteller, comedian, and filmmaker who's appeared at such fine establishments like QED, Magnet Theater, The Pit, and Broadway Comedy Club. His film Shakertown Road can be seen right now on Vimeo. Look for it. Here to talk about that along with diving into the sounds from his childhood and uh, college years, I believe, too, yes, is a man with an afro that needs its own introduction, please give it up for Zach Lennon Simon. Yeah, hello, Zach hello. Lennon Simon. It's me, my fro just fit in the studio. Just dude, that, dude, getting through that doorway was a thing. God bless skylights. <laughs> you have your headphones on. Your headphones cannot even contain the the the, the majesty. They cannot. You're Hats. doing it like a, you're doing it basically like a sort of forehead. Like yeah. instead of it being a headband, <laughs> it's a forehead band. Yeah. Well, I. I have tried these uh, headphones before, and I usually like, put them over the hair, and then it quashes the hair, and I can't I can't go out at night. My hair looks bad. I got to go home in That's shame. A, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I got to go. I got to go quaff. I got to go home. When was the last time you touched your hair on ter- in terms of a uh, buzz or a haircut? I mean, I get haircuts kind I usually get them like every nine months. It's close. I'm like two weeks away from my next haircut because it'll start to fall down. Like it will It'll rise lose, up its weight as far as it can, too much. and then just collapse under the pressure, like the Hobbit series. Um, <laughs> it's just like you you see the pre production, you're like, it must be great, and then when so when they awesome. start filming it, it fell apart. Oh God, I'm oh, watching man. it, and I'm pretty disappointed. I got pretty say. disappointed. Gotta so say. what you're saying is, this is that your afro has an anticlimax. My yeah, <laughs> it is a massive anticlimax, and. Ladies, just so you know, yeah. (laughs) I I, I need not uh, harp on this, but I must say that I did know um, one particular kid, uh, two actually. I knew a few kids who grew their hair out to insurmountable lengths when I was a a kid, Mm -hmm. including one particular guy named Alex Stutt, who was a birthday twin of mine in my grade. Mm, And uh, he had an afro that was epic for his age. I mean, we were like, what, 13, 14, and he just went... Oh, oh yeah. dude, dude. But, but I feel like once he hit puberty, there's definitely that thing where Afros get nuts, and it's definitely like a step above because of the youth of the... You know, because just you're such a kid that like something that big is going to be significantly mm-hmm. bigger than it's ever going to be in your in adulthood or the rest of your life. Well, what made you decide to uh, grow it out? <laughs> the, the topic of puberty and like things getting bigger than ever before. I was like... You have something very different than mine. <laughs> um, but it made me, it was right around puberty. Uh, I 
have always been getting like the short trim cuts um, because my parents really liked my cousins, my rich cousins from Avon, Connecticut. They mm. have like really nice haircuts. So they would bring a picture of my rich cousin and be like, make him look like this. And oh, wow. you can't. They're goys. I'm a Jew. So it didn't work out. Uh, and then one day I was reading uh, Sports Illustrated for Kids and I was flipping through and I saw a picture of Dr. J. Mm. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. And hell I was like, yeah. that's a good hell yeah. <laughs> I aspire. I, I, I aspire to be like you will. Yes, yeah. Legend, yes, Dr. Indeed. J. How could, you not, well. how could you not want Julius to be Irving. Dr. J? I didn't even know that was an option, guys. I was like, I saw that picture and I was like, oh, hair can be long. Wait a minute. That's a thing. I totally want to do that because I hate haircuts and I don't want to go there every month. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, let me grow my hair out. And they went, okay. And we tried it and it grew out. I loved it. Oh, Everyone loved it. So... It's that for life. And it's just now like every nine months I get it cut pretty short to a small fro and then it grows back out. Well done. Being a, a comedian. Hey, it works for you, dude. I do want to say it's very funny. We are describing my hair at length you know, on a podcast where they will never see it. I'm filled with joy. We're painting a picture. And if we're going to talk about, picture. if we're going to be talking about something at length. It's true. Yeah, it might as well Ba-dum-bum. be the length of my hair. My friend Josh Telson mm-hmm. I grew up with, who's a comedian out in Berlin, he uh, decided to grow his beard out to a very, very large length. Mm-hmm. And He's able to use that as a tool and uh, for marketing himself effectively. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just you know create a design where it's just like glasses and beard, the beard, yeah, yeah. an outline of a face. So I mean, <laughs> right granted, you know, having that, it, you, you're very recognizable. Yeah, people know your face. My friends, whenever we're at a concert and they're like, "We're gonna get a beer, we'll find you." It's super easy. <laughs> it's none of this like I'm the guy waving. It's like I'm the one person with long hair. <laughs> yeah. Find me. It is yeah, your visual a, beacon yeah. in the crowd. <laughs> it's a techno signal nice. sent into the universe. Nice. I'm sorry. I just, I realized I said being a comedian. Yeah, uh, I sold you up atop as a comedian. And is being a comedian something that you were always, or is it more of a recent development in your career, your creative trajectory, if you will? Mm, I haven't been taking it like seriously, seriously. Like mm-hmm. I've I've only just started uh since like 2016 i yeah. started being like mm-hmm. oh writing jokes is a craft and i should work on that mm-hmm. uh before that i kind of would do that thing like a lot of i find like a lot of guys do where they're like well i'm kind of funny in conversation i'll get on stage and it'll be the same thing um hi, hi yeah hi. <laughs> <laughs> all of us we're so we're so ambitious with no <laughs> no preparing i'm gonna be oh shit oh mother god i gotta do things for this i want <laughs> well you're uh somebody who writes their own stuff and you found yourself uh gravitating towards doing it in a performative way uh where Mm. you are doing something that's scary and it's not on film Mm -hmm. describe how it was doing your comedy for the very first time in the stand-up capacity i'm trying to pick which time i said 2016 was the first time because i was going through a 2016 uh, was the first time you got on stage and no no 2016 was the first time i did it like seriously like i was like okay i'm gonna write these jokes and we're gonna actually i took a class up in um, boston i lived there for three years with a wonderful teacher kathy ferris kathy ferris so that was when i first first kind of like was like this is a serious thing i'd done stand up a few times before that Mm -hmm. but it was really really rough it was like i wrote like sketches of jokes almost and got super drunk and just would stand up and be like we'll see how this goes uh and sometimes like the first time i did that was the back of um oh what's that bar called in manhattan i think it's called solas on like east ninth it's not a comedy bar it's a bar where i'm pretty sure the manager was like you want to do what 
How much space do you need? Yeah, I won't. I won't care. Uh, <laughs> and there's just like a mic, a microphone that sometimes is plugged into an amp, sometimes not. Nice. The just, hand just dryers. The thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the hand dryers were like massively loud. You'd think for like an event that involves talking, they would turn the stereo down of the music. No, <laughs> like you were you were competing with Soldier Boy on every night. Mm. Um, but the first time I did it, I was like, I forgot the notebook with the jokes I was going to tell. Oh, no. And I got pretty drunk and I told it. And there's a video on Vimeo actually of it. Yes. And it goes fairly well. I'm like midway through. I break down. I'm like, I don't remember that joke. And people laugh because they're like, you're fucking up. Um, so that was kind of like the first, but actually like, I don't know. It's all, it's, it's an interstellar part of my brain. Like, <laughs> which one was the first time? I don't understand this movie. I'd say the first time I intentionally tried to be funny on stage in front of people mm-hmm. was when I was like 15, 14, you were 14 years old. You were wow. 14 years old. That's I a was, rough time to do it. That it is, was yeah, a rough that's time. Hard, buddy. Struggling for identity. <laughs> And not to be seen, except for this time, where I was working at my first job at the Brooklyn Botanic Gardens. And we had no to way. do a presentation of like a made up. We made up a flower. Um, you made up a flower. Yeah, that was the this idea. This is my happiness harbiturus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some, something like that. It was called the Brooklyn Perfecta. And it's all of its features <laughs> had parts of Brooklyn that I loved. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. It was pretty That's funny. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I like... Everyone else's presentation was like, um, hi, my name's David, and uh, this is where the sternum is going to be, and this is how uh, the sunlight is uh, enveloped in the thing. And I was like, I did not pay attention during the science part of our classes. I was in the back making jokes and trying to be noticed by this girl. Um, Love love. me! You were trying to be a... Excuse me, you're trying to be a class clown in order to get attention, but while an, a presentation is happening. Yes, I know that that's out of the ordinary. <laughs> <laughs> this this art will get her this attention. Will understand me. So I got up, I had made the poster, it's like mm-hmm. a lot of little pictures, and I just started like talking and I was like pacing the stage a little. I probably mm-hmm. had just seen Chris Rock. He paces, I'll pace too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the key. Uh, and I was pace. doing that. And then I was like, I'll take questions now. And then there were parents in the audience and one of them like asked a question. Why is it the Brooklyn flower instead of the Staten Island flower? And I was like, great question, sir. The reason is because Staten Island is a garbage pile and flowers need to smell nice. <laughs> and You're it got like a, Staten Island. a huge, <laughs> a huge laugh that I was like, oh, that's cool. That's uh, amazing. And I just Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was it for me. <laughs> I was like, I could be funny. I you're like, you're this. like, no, you're like, I know this crowd. I yeah, got this. I got it. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> 15 years old doing comedy and yeah. you get that little confidence boost that mm-hmm. there's clearly something in you that can thrive in that sort of capacity. Uh, you stuck to film as a sort of a main uh, way of getting yourself involved creatively. And where did you go to school for that again? I went to uh, SUNY Purchase. You went um, to SUNY Purchase to study film? Yeah. Before that, I was in an after school program in Park Slope, Brooklyn. That's oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. one that Jimmy is in. Uh, the, um, yeah. Uh, what was it called? Patricia. Yeah, Patricia um, Henry. Patricia Henry. Uh, it's called Real Works Teen Filmmaking. Real Works. That's um, right. They're great. I did my first real film, I'll say. Like, I'd made other ones, but the kind of ones where you're like, I like wizards. Uh, why don't you wear that robe and we'll run around the park with a camcorder? Nice. <laughs> and it's like an hour long, and only oh, your no. parents will watch because they're like, we have to. We is it, is it an hour long? It's I think longer. No, you know what it is? It's an hour and a half long, and then there's what? another. Oh my God. There's another half hour at the back end 
Oh my god. Uh, which is just commentary from us. <laughs> oh my god. Talking directly to Cameron and saying, we messed up. This is not a good movie. <laughs> and it's it's every one of my friend group saying oh my god, that's amazing. Zach did the wrong thing with this movie. And then they take the camera and go, Zach, what is your excuse? And I'm like, you didn't write it. You didn't say you would write it. I wrote it. I did the best we could. The the, the film involved the actual film and then what would normally be like the DVD extras with yeah. like the commentary that just added right there at the mm-hmm. end for it's, an extra half hour. Yeah, it's as if you watched <laughs> um, Aquaman and then as soon as Aquaman ended, the director and cast showed up and we're like, now we're going to keep you here and keep talking about what we did to you. Uh, <laughs> was it that bad? It wow, was wow, wow. pretty bad. I, oh, I rewatched part of it, maybe like beginning of college, because mm. or no, it was end of high school. Because I was like, I have to like get stuff together to apply for film school, and I looked at that to be like, maybe there was some kind of spark of creativity. Sure, uh, I rewatched it. I was like, there's no spark. This flame, <laughs> this flame is smothered. This well, is a drench. They they gave you gear. They gave you a camera. Yeah. What what kind of wizard premise are we talking here? We're oh, talking like God. more of the cartoony wizards or the Lord of the Rings wizards? Well, no, I mean, this sounds yeah. like I mean, this really sounds like you're just you. It's literally like a bed sheet around you of two kids, clearly in present day park, and yeah. you're in like Prospect Park, right? We are, uh, oh, that would have been so much better. Yeah, where, where are you? <laughs> we are in the park right by my middle school, MS51. Okay. Uh, I can't remember the name where, of that where park. Where is middle school? That's it's on like 5th Ave and 5th Street. Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. The, the tiny, tiny one. Yeah, right across from the gate. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you're literally yeah. running around being like, this is clearly Wizard Town. Hello, yeah. Brownstone. Hello, car. Yeah, the like, like swing area was the jail. They beat the fence and are like, oh, we'd love to get out. And then someone shows us, like, I'll show you the way. And they're like, great. And they just climb over the fence. Uh, <laughs> That's so great. It's called the Unexpected Time Travel. Hooligans um, <laughs> get in a, uh, a regular box and are like, this is a cool box. And then they go, why is the ground shaking? And then the camera goes, whoa. And then you put the lens cap over. And then we take the lens cap off. We're in a different area of the park. And they're like, we must have time travel back to the past. <laughs> and then a wizard shows up clearly riffing. It's me. I'm clearly so, riffing on Gandalf because that was my entire life. So you started doing this when you were in high school. It certainly inspired you to get better and to continue uh, working on that, creating obviously more uh, fleshed out plots and working with uh, more professional equipment. When you got to purchase uh, did you have any idea in mind of what kind of stories you wanted to make? I think I was really excited to try to make a narrative film um, mm. because at RealWorks I made a documentary and I was like, cool, obviously I've mastered that craft. There's no one <laughs> who can tell me otherwise. I was very cocky and I was like, let me learn about narrative. And Young so filmmaker really cocky? No yeah, way. Yeah, it never happens. Never <laughs> ever happens. No way that ever happened. And so I think I was just really excited to try narrative. I really was attracted to comedies um, because that's all I really watched as a kid. Uh, Like what kind of comedies did I watch? What was your your, your favorite early comedy film? I loved a lot of like early 30s screwball, like Bring Up Baby. Yeah, and that's, that's awesome. a great. That is that's a great, awesome. a great movie. I love that. Yeah. Movie. And the Philadelphia Story, which I just rewatched. Um, mm. So I'm thinking anything with Catherine Hepburn and uh, Marx Brothers and the piano. The p- <laughs> What a wacky movie. It's so much fun. It's so <laughs> stupid, but it's so much fun. And like your Mel Brooks and your Pink Panther. I think yeah, basically nice. how I was raised was uh, my dad would pick us up 
uh, cause we were as kids, we went to the gardens to learn about nature in Brooklyn. Mm. Uh, and then he'd be like, all right, you had a lot of nature before your mom comes home. Let's rent a, a VHS from the local place, mm-hmm. uh, a hole in the wall video. And then we'll just watch it. And so he basically was clearly just like cherry picking his childhood and be like, Oh, I love the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. Let's put that on. Oh, the in-laws so good. Oh, this it's so good. You'll love it. And I clearly loved it. So I went into college being like, funny let's let's make funny films and i was wildly disappointed in everything about film school <laughs> like no one there was like yeah let's be funny let's be weird they were like no let's make an artistic movie and i remember close to um the end of making my first big narrative freshman film which was a comedy it was about like this uh guy who's riddled with anxiety he's in a chair he's looking at a girl and he's matching all the ways uh that their relationship wouldn't work out um without asking her out because anxiety is fun. I remember I showed it to someone who I didn't really know, but he wandered in. He's like, I'm a senior film student, so I'll I'll tell you what you did right and maybe what you could do better. And I was like, I don't know you, but sure, watch my movie. (laughs) I'll watch it anyway. And I showed it to him, and he said something that, like, to this day has, like, lodged in my brain, uh, where he's like, it's great. We always need a crowd pleaser and not, like, an art film. Uh, It's really nice. Like, somebody has to be, like, the Eddie Murphy, like, meet the... What the, what was wait, the did you take film? that? Wait, did you take that as a comedy trading places? Did you take that as a comedy not trading film? places? He's, oh. He was referencing like current Eddie Murphy, oh. like meet the clumps or, or, um, oh, wow. Norbert, hmm. Norbert or something. He, like wait, he so said he was, this, so like, this was now was, so was this a compliment in any way, shape or form? I think he was trying to compliment me while like what he was doing was going, this is a compliment and also like shoving my head into a toilet. Um, where I was like, that's interesting. I think my film is funny and art because it's, literally yeah. on a strip of film <laughs> it sounds like what he was trying to convey was is that you can make a funny film that's not necessarily uh creating any new genres but that will sell because it follows a formula that can sell tickets yeah, yeah. and it was kind of um dickish um, of course like, that's a terrible like thing to say i would say yeah, if, if someone was <laughs> If someone was like, hey, you made the, I, I love the fact that you made like a Freddy Got Fingered. It's got like that kind of panache to it. I'm like, oh, yeah. thanks. And then I just cry in my uh, yeah, lap or something. <laughs> dude, what I did my first fight scene, I had to like, I match up the music to a double come hither finger gesture. Mm-hmm. And we, I had a, a, another senior guy, I was at New York Film Academy. I had a senior right. kid look down and go, or not a senior kid, he was just an older filmmaker go, oh, that's so cool. Meaning like being mm. like, oh, you're trying. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Why that would you let... does why, not sound like fun. Why, 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 why would you let something that patronizing stick with you? Gosh, because I'm in control of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Best answer. Well done. Well so done. Good. Probably well not, done. Probably no. not a, a good conscious decision to keep it around. Yeah. Um, I think at, <laughs> at a, like for a while it was like digging into me. It clearly like my, my sophomore year, I ran as hard as I could away from comedy. Like I was like, I'm going to write a, oh, no. a dramatic movie and I've reread those scripts. I was like, honey, baby, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta <laughs> shake that. Edge. Cause it's still funny. Like I reread it. I was like, that's supposed to be dramatic, but it is funny as fuck. And then I, I got all that out of my system. I was like, fuck it. I'll be funny again. Wait, um, how long did that take? It was like a waste of a screenwriting class. I think I completely wasted a screenwriting class trying to be like dramatic. Mm. I wrote two comedy scripts up front. One about a guy with OCD and the other um, was like a Jesus Christ of puberty years. And yeah. <laughs> Talk about Shakertown Road and how you got from <laughs> there to something that uh, admittedly from what you told me before we got to air, it mm. was a much more well thought out and uh, heartfelt idea. 
Right. That also came from college, actually. It did. Yeah. Uh, So I was very fortunate. My was it sophomore year? Oh, gosh, it was sophomore year. I guess sophomore year is great for me. Uh, I had a documentary teacher, Deanna Camille, who just died, uh, I think, last year. No, last spring. Yeah. Uh, But she was awesome. She showed me some films by a guy named Ross McKelvey, which was wild. I don't know if you've seen any of his stuff. The big one is called Sherman's March, where he won like a big grant to make a film about like Sherman's March through the South. And he just went through a breakup and he was spiraling out of control, thinking about his ex and like what he should do with his relationships and like whether he's like going to die from nuclear war. And he accidentally used all the funds making a film about what's going on in his head. And (laughs) and it's like lengthy narrations of him like telling like a deep long nervous sex dream and then ending by being like i really hope nuclear weapons don't wipe us out because i can't think of like my penis not being a part of me uh (laughs) that's all i have left and you're like oh my god that is so much anxiety and i remember walking out of the classroom and my classmates were like oh no this film has made me think about what i'm thinking about and i was like you haven't been doing that the whole time (laughs) we've been preoccupied with other things like socializing what do you do with your brain that you're not thinking about what you're thinking about and how that makes you look i was like what do you what um and so then i started i like went to my teacher i was like can i make something like that can i just talk about myself is that allowed and she was like yeah go for it i love that Uh, she had a great Canadian accent that I can't do. So I took that. I made a bunch of films. Junior, I I did the same template. I could tell like not everyone was into it, but I was like, no, fuck yeah. This is the best way that I can tell someone what's going on in my head. Follow your Um, voice, man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so I I graduated college. I got like really disheartened. No one was around anymore to like make movies like all my like film friends were like scattered to the wind. We'd see each other every weekend and I'd like didn't own a camera. And I also was like nothing that I'm writing for like a narrative film is like worthy of putting in the time and effort to make a film. And I'm still kind of struggling with that. So summer of 2014, I went through a horrendous breakup and was working so many teaching jobs that I had no time for anything. So I just slowly just lost focus on reality and kind of dipped out. I don't know how to describe it. Um, But I was like very much just like I'm looking at a person and I'm talking to a person, but I'm also thinking of five other timelines that could be happening right now that I'm not in. And I like lost my mind. And that's when I remembered I, I carried in my wallet written out directions to a road in Ohio, uh, Shakertown Road. You've been to Cleveland. I've, <laughs> I, ha- I hadn't been to Cleveland at that point. But a lot of things in my life, like oddly, were pointing me to Ohio. Yeah. Like my first girlfriend, her boyfriend after me was from Ohio. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then I started listening to all these bands. I was like, The National, The Black Keys, they're all from Ohio. American Splendor, he's from Ohio. How much your mother, the character, the middle guy, I can't remember his name. Ted something. Ted Smart Guy. Um, Ted Smart Guy. Ted Smart Guy guy actor. (laughs) His character was from Ohio. And it's just like all these things being Ohio. And then like Google Maps just came like out with like, you can go anywhere and look at any pictures. And I kept like visiting Ohio. All my friends were like, we want to go to Europe. I was like, no, 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 no. Ohio. Something in Ohio. (laughs) Um, And I kept going in Ohio. I found this one road, Shakertown Road. And I was like, that sounds perfect. It sounds like the complete opposite of life from like a Brooklyn baby boy. Shakertown Road sounds like every Bruce Springsteen song where everyone's yeah. like just oh working God. on their life 
and they don't have time to think about what they're thinking about. I was like, this is no, that's good. Perfect. That's wonderful. So I yeah. wrote the directions out to drive and I was like, I'm going to put it in my pocket. This is like your break the glass medicine kind of thing of like when shit goes really south, <laughs> you go west. Are your parents originally from New York as well then? Yeah, my dad's from Brooklyn. My mom is from Connecticut, but okay. like since college, she's been in New York. What did they think uh, after seeing this? Did they feel like, especially with someone like your father, who it seems like is was kind of a film buff in his own right. Mm. Uh, what was his first impression from your experience? I mean, their first impression was they didn't like it um, because I called them out on like a conversation we had or I like recited a conversation we had that like, aided and abetted if you, if you don't breakdown. mind please describe i will this, describe this approach it. yeah this conversation i will describe it mom dad if you're listening stop listening now <laughs> <laughs> and you can listen later around this time was like wow i've only lived in brooklyn i've only existed in brooklyn mm-hmm. my parents aren't like big travelers but we have gone to like connecticut and vermont so anything not on the east coast i don't know about it's like a rumor to me and so i like during the summer, I was like, maybe I should move out of Brooklyn. Maybe I should go somewhere else. I went and visited my sister who moved up to um, Somerville, Massachusetts. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, maybe I should like get an apartment and live near you. That sounds great. Texted my parents being like, I'm just going to look at some apartments while I'm here. And it was the day before my birthday. And my mom called me up and was like, you do know we are getting older and we will die. And you have to bury us. Uh <laughs> And I was like, just hitting you with some life. Yeah. What does this have to do with anything? I was like, it's really selfish of you to move away from your dying parents. Or her exact wording was like, we're dying. Long pause. Eventually. Um, And you have to be here to take care of us. We sacrifice. And she's just like laid into this. Like we sacrifice so much to all these things. And I was quiet for like 30 minutes during this. And then she was like, well, what are you thinking? I was like, I'm just trying not to cry uh, hysterically on this phone right now. And she went, oh, I've overstepped. Uh, now you're like, after 30 minutes, yeah, oh my I God. immediately saw her be like, okay. Um, and she was like, back, wow. Back as well, as I possibly can. Have a good night. And then like got off the phone and she talked yeah, to my sister. Awkward. And my sister's like, you destroyed my little brother. What the hell? To know her, she is the opposite. Like this is like her one moment of not the best mothering. But like everywhere else, she's been spotless. I talked about that in my movie. I understand why they like came back and were like, we are really uncomfortable that you put it out there because it's like the one part I talk about my parents, um, which like is kind of shitty, right? Like the one that your worst moment is the one that's now being remembered. Film, yeah. That would suck so hard for me. If like the one thing people knew about me was I like, I pooped my pants in the street. I would hate life for every time. someone interests me like, this is Zach. He pooped his pants. I'm just <laughs> really well on Somerville Lab. You're about to say, well, the film sounds like it's about this whole experience of coming to find yourself. And so putting that in there, yes, it, it may be sort of a moment that's a bit sort of harsh for your parents to suddenly see. It's like, this is your film. This, this is what you're putting on the screen. But at the same time, is it true to the experience? Is it, is it something that mm-hmm. was essential for the movie? Because if it was, dude, worth it. Considering the fact that they were raising a son who was creative and if anything they should celebrate and uh, applaud the strides that you make at doing all that you are doing with your life <laughs> why would they not yeah this is really funny because again this is uh, what i was talking about I was like this is their one moment of being like oopsie poopsie uh, literally <laughs> Literally, you could not find more people, like more supportive parents. Yeah, of course. Like uh, that first thing we were talking about, the unexpected time travel. 
my dad is in it because I was like, crap, I need a car. And he's like, I'll hang out in this park for nine hours (laughs) while you make this movie. Uh, My mom for my first documentary where I was like, I'm going to make it about my middle school friend. She's like, I will find all the pictures. And she like let me interview her like twice once because I recorded it without the microphone. (laughs) And and the second time with a microphone. Uh, And they they are super supportive. They I think the thing we primarily clash about is we have different worldviews sometimes okay. um, are we, not are like we talking politically ones. are we talking no, politically we're or? super on the same track my mom is a lot more polite than i am you seem incredibly polite i'm super fucking polite by the way <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty polite friends come over to my parents house and sh- they leave being like that was amazing like she is such a good host and Aww. like so like nurturing she's a developmental psychologist um, so she is just constantly like sitting you down and be like, I want to hear about your life. Be like, you're hurt. And a lot of me and my sister's friends, like they look back and think of like childhood things and be like, wow, she was great. I remember Aww. so many good things for her. So she's super supportive. I'd say we differ because I'm, uh, not always appropriate in my material or in my films and things like that. Like my freshman film, the one I was talking about earlier, there's a scene where he imagines that she just does mounds and mounds of cocaine and then takes a huge hickey bite where he like splurts blood. Nice. You know, she would prefer if I made things that we could show to like our older relatives and they'd be like, oh, that's so sweet and so nice and like positive and supportive. Yeah. And I make those. And then I also am like, but that hickey joke is dope. So that's where we kind of differ. But she's always, she never like will watch something and be like, I don't like that. I hate that. She'll be like, that was really good. Maybe we won't show that to Aunt Nan this time, though. And I'm like, fair. That's a fair fair point. Why scare the old lady? That's an adjusted response. That's really wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, after we talked about that part in Shaker Down Road, I was like, I kind of see where you're coming from. And I looked over it and I was like, a little harsh there. And I like tweaked a few of the words and I played it for them again. And they're like, this is a, we love this film. We're so sorry we had we came at you again with such intense criticism. Yeah, this is such a good film, and they've paid for a lot of things. I'm not kidding. I, they are parents financially. They are, they're they're loving, supportive parents, dude. I'm not kidding. I yeah. really can't wait to see this movie. Yeah, it's on the old Vimeos. The songs that we're about to hear uh, after oh <laughs> have have your parents heard these? Oh boy. So they have heard. If we're doing the the one from me as a four year old, then yes, they have heard that. That's coming later. I, I we're gonna hear that. They love that. They are <laughs> the reasons that exists, which I'm grateful to. Yes. They bought me a little tape recorder with I, like a, a red and white man. microphone. My man. Oh, yeah. on. <laughs> and I just be walking around the apartment being like, Hello, I'm gonna sing a song for you. And you can hear my mom sometimes <laughs> in the background like Okay, Zach, I'm I'm super excited. Let me just put down this laundry. I'm like, I'm singing. She's like, oh, I, the laundry's down and I'm, I'm your audience. Uh, <laughs> so she has heard that. I don't oh believe she has so heard sweet. anything from like uh, the stuff I wrote in college or high school. N- nor has anybody probably in at least in a very long time. Yeah, I'd say only one of the things has been heard by anyone else. What you're saying is that we're going to be dropping a bunch this of... Is we are exclu- going to be dropping a bunch exclusive. of bombs. All right. <laughs> exclusive. Another horn blaring? <laughs> yep, that's right. Booyah! Exactly. So Shut after this break, horns. we... <laughs> Look, man, I'm sorry. I'm I'm good for the cheap sound effects. Dude, it's a horn day. Shout out to horns. Thank uh, you, horns. Burt, burt, burt. We'll be back in a little bit with <laughs> Zach Lennon-Simon on Lost and Rewound. One Radio Free Brooklyn.
Lost and Rewound is your weekly dive into the past audio from your yesteryears. And we strive to do that every week with a guest, with our own stuff. If you want to contribute any of your old personal audio from the innocent or maybe not so innocent past, you can email us at lostandrewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We're on uh, all sorts of different formats online for your podcast needs. Uh, you can go to Podomatic. So that's lostandrewound.podomatic.com. All of our Radio Free Brooklyn fair is up there and has been since 2016. Oh, what a year 2016 was. Oh, but, yeah. But we began on Radio Free Brooklyn. We now have, you know, almost three years worth of content on Podomatic's page alone. You can download all the episodes. And if you have a friend that you know was on the show some time ago and you never heard it or you may have forgotten that you were on at some point, and I respect that. Yeah, <laughs> you can download there. it. Otherwise, uh, soundcloud.com slash lost and rewound for even our pre-RFB material. No time to delay, though. Uh, we need to get down to business. Uh to not defeat the Huns, but to <laughs> see about uh, Zach Lennon Simon's uh, previous iterations in the creative fold. Uh, what are we going to be listening to first, Zach? Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> so this, I believe, it's a song from my college years. I had read a lot of sad, sad white guy books and listened to a lot of the musics of that nature. And I was going through my first real breakup. Where I was trying so aggressively hard to uh, get her back. So not so. This is this is not emotionally loaded at all. No. Um, all right. Okay. Good. Let's yeah, listen. That's Here. it. Do it.
John Darnielle, uh, a little bit. <laughs> that was yeah. so. Sounded like a record on eight track. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that definitely sounded. Yeah. I mean, do you know the setup is me straight to my Windows 2000 laptop? <laughs> wow. Literally <laughs> ripping the video. For what was MP3. the microphone? What was the microphone? The microphone was the computer. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and this folder, particularly, this song came out of, I'm seeing at, at least mm-hmm. nine tracks. Uh, oh, yeah. Did you distribute these online at all? Oh, absolutely not. Was that cathartic at all? Was that, did it just make it worse? Did you give this to her in a, like, holding a stereo above your head <laughs> outside you, her dorm did, wall, did, window? Did like, you play an open mic on the Purchase campus mm, and take that ukulele and rock it out? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That would have been brave. Yeah, that would have been brave. I'm not a brave person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure somebody says it a lot, but I was like, these are just for me. I keep saying it because it kept happening. I lost my, like, I cannot tell you how, like, divorced from reality it was. I was, like, seeing things. I wasn't sleeping a lot. There were voices in different accents. Um, different accents, different too? Different accents, different characters from different backgrounds, different professions. They were telling me about movies I had never seen. And like, you just got to watch this one movie. And then once you see that movie, 
you know, she'll understand. And I was like, great idea, Alfred. Dude, you're uh, a fucking I, reality. That's yeah. so good, dude. That could be one of the most amazing fucking audio dramas in human history. It's just voices in my head you, telling me you, through a breakup. Yeah, hey. That's so good, dude. That sounds amazing. That's amazing material but, to work with. And voices in your head notwithstanding, uh, you created this and they clearly were yeah. doing the right thing to tell you to make it because it... Well, whether or you we may... We are pro-voices in head. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> God damn it. Schizophrenia to, schizophrenia. to it. God damn it. I'm sorry. I got to tell Tom to shut up. But anyway, yeah. you were saying. <laughs> I like listening to these songs now. In none of these songs am I talking about how I broke up with her twice. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, wait, a wait I want to get back with you. Wait I messed up so bad the last time. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So so that song just read to me as, oh, my God, they must have been having yeah, such a wonderful. Yeah. And she dumped him. You're no. telling me you dumped her? Yeah. See, that's the nice part of being where I am. <laughs> is that I, in these songs, I'm like, I'm controlling this narrative. We have a second clip here coming up. Tell us about Calm My Cows. What the fuck? Calm My Cows. Great, great, great addition to my oeuvre. Um, this was uh, in middle school. This is a middle school song. Before you became a uh, ukulele playing uh, yeah. film <laughs> studying college student. Yeah, before I became a guy who knew four chords and, <laughs> and thought song, all songs needed to be five minutes long. Yes. <laughs> all songs must be deep considerations of yeah. me. Just me. Honesty of me. Look at me. I'm great. This is a minute long. This is a minute long because I'm in middle school. I'm like, look, let's just get in, get, get out. Get to the point. <laughs> um, and I've been given by my parents free reign over a computer. Oh, boy. Uh, and I was I was oh, in charge big, of burning. Right? That's yeah. a big moment. That's it's a big so moment. huge. Everything changed. Wait, I'm sorry. When did you graduate college? I graduated college 2012. Oh, dude. So, yeah, you were absolutely the generation where it's like, I got my computer. Yeah, we had like the one family computer. Like I think our first one was like a Windows ninety six, something like that. Oh yeah, sure. Um, yeah. By this time, I'm probably playing with Windows ninety eight, baby. I was in charge of burning all of my sister's favorite albums to blank CDs so she could take them up to college, Aww. right? Because uh, she was super sad. She was gonna have our parents' copy of Chicago while I'm burning CD. Because at the time, you had to watch it. Because sometimes there'd be mistakes. You have to get in there. Yeah. Um. So I'm just like, what else is on this thing? And I'm playing around. And I'm like, oh, you have these weird. There's like a recorder. They had like a microphone, a little rinky dink microphone. Mm-hmm. And they had this thing of like, do you want to hear keyboards? Do you want to hear guitar sound? Yep, yep. And I was like, yeah, let me hear keyboards. And I heard <laughs> keyboards. And I was like, oh, this is fun. And I replayed it. I don't want to say comic genius, um, but I just off the top of my dome started singing this Calm Your Cow song, and it's, um, you know, my best song. Cannot wait to hear it. <laughs> Let's do this. Once there was a man, man his name Bob, Bob had a friend, Jeff. That's amazing. 
amazing. Yeah, so that's right. amazing. I'm just like, where is this? Go- oh my god! I love that it went oh, nowhere. Yeah, it, it went nowhere. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was nowhere. It was riffing. It was beautiful. It was it's a kid learning that a microphone records your it's voice. It's a classic. <laughs> it's a 13 year old adventure. Honestly, if I didn't hit record, I would not remember that song. Uh, like it is like something so just like quick ditty style. Yeah, that I'm just like pretty little ditty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did that, and then I like found it on um some hard drive like mm, i don't remember when but i found it and i played it and i was like oh my gosh i remember exactly i remember being in the high stool by the computer leaning into the microphone like trying to do it very quickly before my parents showed up i remember being like so impressed with like not myself but like technology like i was like i'm not playing piano <laughs> i don't know music uh but i can like do this thing and you can fake it uh yeah i think that song is super weird and eccentric and to me it just kind of like reflects back of like oh yeah as a kid i was just like all over the place um and just very interested in being myself which was a weird collection of cells (laughs) the fact that you even said that your parents god forbid may have even heard you do it offers to me at least some insight to say that you didn't want anybody to know anything that you were doing yeah, you didn't want like any of your secrets to come out. To no, this is a huge step in my therapy for me to share this all with you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the fact Dude, that you're I, here in the studio with us at all. Therapy See, step. That's so sweet. Um, I did play this for my parents. I think after I recorded, I was like, mom, dad, look at what I made. And they were like, wow, that's good. That's good. Like They were, like, <laughs> they were still in that zone of like, he's our son. We will say anything he does is good. But yeah. they were like, they were impressed that. Like they were confused. They're like, where's the piano coming from? I was like, the computer. And like, where did you come up with those words? I was like, from my head. And they're like, that's amazing. You're very talented. Aw, that's Uh, really, that's such an awesome reaction. Yeah. Meanwhile, they were fostering you from a very young age to record your voice. You were singing uh, Beatles songs on their watch because they were recording you uh, themselves. Yeah. And I only knew the Beatles at that age. I, until like age nine, thought the Beatles were the only music. The fact that you have a tape recorder in this time of your life that's recording and capturing everything uh, really speaks to me personally, not to get too self-aggrandizing, but I mean, Mm. the the fact that Mm. I created this show to find folks like yourself who are creating uh, music, creating sounds, capturing sounds from this time uh, in your life when you are not even aware of what the fuck is going on. I think that is one of the, the... the cornerstones of what this makes a show is, is that like we have to talk to our parents and be like, say, do you still have this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have to God forbid talk to our parents. And it's good that you have a good relationship with them still. And yeah. it's good that this is existing. Good. It's the Beatles mashup by Zach Lennon. Simon <laughs> The music starts. If I give my home with me you around you can and I trust you, yeah, 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 trust you, yeah, 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 yeah. Now you should be on. Oh, I say, the say, yeah, she she loves you, and you know that can't be glad. She loves you, and you know you can't be glad. Love you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love you, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's the 
and I've been working like a dog. It's been a hard day's night, and I shall be sleeping like a log. But when I get back home to you, I found a thing that you do, and it makes me feel alright. When I'm home, everything seems to be right. When I'm home, feeling me tight, tight, yeah. It's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a love. It's been a hard day's night. Wow, can't buy me love, can't buy me love, why you diamond ring, my friend, it's right to be right, I give you everything, my friend, now we satisfied, for I don't care too much money, mind can't buy me love, can't buy me love, can't buy me love, Oh, oh, I give you everything, my friend, it makes me feel alright. I give you, I'll be satisfied. I don't care too much for it, but can't buy me love, can't buy me love, can't buy me love, oh, Not just anybody else. I need somebody help. child singing Beatles songs that is in essence what this whole uh, show is about I think mm-hmm. I mean that's just magical that's magical magical it is, it is the magic <laughs> of finding the things that you'd never thought still existed yeah a big thing that I struggle with is mm-hmm. just like memory and how like 
it kind of like lapses in certain areas and you mm-hmm. kind of forget certain things and you don't remember the full story but that we have these recordings and stuff like yeah. you you can, it cannot be gone like this recording of me singing Beatles songs was made when I was like four so like 1994 mm-hmm. and by the time my grandmother um, was dying and had like dementia and things like that we like burned it onto a CD and gave it to her and she would listen to it and she like had a faint remembrance of like what she was and her memories and shit like that. It's super cool that parents are like encouraging of like giving people tape recorders or recorder devices that record time. Absolutely. But also encouraging that love in you, that love of whatever the craft is, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Whatever, whether it was singing or music or film. We're a room of creators right now. We're sitting here, (laughs) we're chatting about this. We're all in some capacity raised to be encouraged uh, in our creation. Um, oh yeah, and uh, whether that's be film or recording on mm-hmm. on audio, um, but Zach, for you, it seemed like uh, you really truly were pushed and encouraged to continue to put art out there in whatever way that you it made most sense to you. I mean, whether you were recording as a four year old or something when you were in middle school or in college, what do you see as the thread? I say the common thread is. Um cheesy but like wizards and magic i feel like there's a lot of weird little magical touches to it like how we were talking earlier like we could hear that like lo-fi recorder noise yeah um i love that shit um through all my shit it's none of nothing i make is super polished because i'm like i just want to show you like these different pieces of a heart doesn't have to be nice and pretty. Yeah, it doesn't have to be nice and pretty. Uglier the better. Uglier that, the does better. That sense feel, does, yeah, that feels more authentic to you. That sort of that like that grain, that that extra sort of little like uh, crinkle of the, of the yeah. recording equipment. Oh, absolutely. The crinkle, the everything, every imperfection, I think, is good because we, I, to myself, I'm an imperfect, um, flawed vessel yeah. of life. It's like you find candy in your pocket and you're like, look, I found this candy. Would you like some with me? Uh, that's kind of how I think about things i make of like i know this isn't the best thing or the most important thing but it's something i like would you like it too and that's a kind of magic to me that's great where can people find you online i'm on the instagram and twitters mm-hmm. zach lennon simon i think that's it for both yeah and then otherwise you've got the film that you put out shakertown road as we mentioned that is on vimeo yes on vimeo.com shakertown road you can rent it three dollars it's about as long as an hbo pilot Zach Lennon-Simon here on Lost in Rewound. Thanks so much, Zach. Thank you. Seriously, Zach, it's been a pleasure listening to you today. Hell yeah. And that's our show. Thank you for listening to us. Reminder that Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 non-for-profit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make the one-time donation or monthly pledge at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. If you want to contribute any at all of your dollars to our just recently launched teen program called Radio Free Brooklyn Teen Squad, you could do that at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Teen Squad. Pretty simple. So support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford and all contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate and RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash teen squad. My name is Alon Danziger. And I'm Will Hasty. You'll hear us next week on Radio Free Brooklyn. Cadence. Cadence.
Kiddy dance, 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 k